Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I just opened a Brewdog Nanny State, which is a, another one of their AF beers. Oh, nice. So what's this flavor like on this one? It says happy and golden. So l- mm. l- let me try it. Yeah, it tastes like an ale. So it's good. Nice. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So what did you open over there? So I opened a Sagatuck Brewing Company Blueberry Lemonade Shandy. So this is actually one of my favorite summer beers. And I'm pretty sure I drank it on the podcast last year, but it's so good it's worth repeating. Oh, yeah. I mean, at what is this? Episode 167, we're going to be repeating beers. Like, it's oh, yeah. just not possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, the easiest thing for me to dig out of the fridge today, too. So it was, like, a double win because I didn't have to dig for it. And it's delicious. Nice. Yeah, I had to go with an alcohol-free beer because I still have a really long to-do list. And I didn't want to just take a <laughs> nap after this. <laughs> totally fair. So our drink peep this episode is our friend Kayla Wood, and she is at Honey Creek Homestead over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. We've got a corrections corner this week. Ooh, we haven't had one of those in a while. I know. We've been keeping our nose clean, (laughs) but not today. Not today. Not today. So what do we need to correct? So in episode 165, we discussed goat diseases, and the only disease that we mentioned as being zoonotic was Q fever, but CL is possibly zoonotic as well. So from what I could find, because I was trying to figure out, well, like, why wasn't that mentioned in the bullet points that we pulled? Because I know we didn't deep dive into each of the diseases, but we did pull like some high level, like important things. And the fact that it's zoonotic should have been something that was really important, but it's rarely zoonotic or they're not like, it's one of those things that like, you know, because CL is the one that causes all those pussy things. So like, it's just, Really good practice not to get animal pus on you. (laughs) Yummy. (laughs) Because, like, if you get it into, like, a cut or whatever, like, of course that bacteria, like, you know, has the opportunity to possibly spread. So that might be why it wasn't, like, on the bullet points, but very truly, like, it can be. So it's important to know that. And so I want to thank... Katie Vandiver for sending us a message through Instagram and letting us know because we never want to give you guys like false information or false security in Mm -hmm. something. So just best practices, wear gloves when you're messing around with an animal that could possibly be ill, whether the diseases are zoonotic or not. Anything that's oozing for sure, though, definitely, definitely don't want to get that on you. (laughs) Yeah, better safe than sorry. For sure, for sure. So thanks, Katie, for sending us that message again. So now it's time for our July 2021 Henny and Root Corner. Yay! 
So, Bev, what was your favorite thing in this month's box? So, my favorite thing in this month's box was the chicken print beach towel because it's amazing. It's a beach towel. It has chickens on it. Like, what's not to love about that? Uh, exactly. That is a solid <laughs> choice for your favorite <laughs> item. <laughs> I think this isn't my first chicken print beach towel from Henny and Rue, though. So now oh, I'm starting no. a collection of yes. them, which makes me extremely happy. <laughs> yes. I hope next year there is a beach towel as well. Which, by the way, my one from last year is still in really great shape. So I'm assuming this one's going to hold up really well also, which means that you can keep cycling through the collection and they still look good, which is exciting. (laughs) So what was your favorite thing in the box? So my favorite thing, aside from the Henny and Rue chicken print beach towel, because that was also a favorite of mine, (laughs) I would have to say it was the tweezers. Oh, yeah. Because to me... Tweezers are like the chapstick of the world for me. I can like maintain a chapstick until it's gone. Like I have mastered that skill, but I know some people just like lose them. That is like tweezers for me. I never know where mine went. And then I don't want to like use tweezers on myself that I've used on like chicken feet before. Mm -hmm. So always a bonus to have those because it's not something I think of to buy for myself or for my chickens until it's like after the fact and I already need it. So I really appreciated the foresight there from Honey and Rue. Oh, yeah. And having extra tweezers, even if you already have a pair in your first aid kit, like Mm -hmm. in that emergency, you're just going to be glad that you have another pair to grab. (laughs) So you cannot have too many. And I'm sad to report that I'm one of those people that cannot keep track of chapstick. (laughs) Mine always ends up in the dryer and then Jared gets mad at me. Oh, well, at least it's not lipstick, right? That could yeah, be Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, usually they don't end up staining things, but I don't do the laundry. So if mm. they do end up in the dryer, then Jared's like pre-treating things to get the oil stains out. And he's not happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't want to piss off the guy doing your laundry either, I suppose. <laughs> no, for sure not. Especially since I don't have to do it, which I'm incredibly thankful for because I am <laughs> not good at it. I just I throw everything together and don't do the right water temperature and don't follow directions. And, and my husband's really good at those things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my husband and I do our own laundry. Because I'm kind of like in the camp that you're in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Luckily, I don't have a lot of like really nice clothing that I wear frequently. So it's not a big deal. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right. So we also got a bag of chubby mealworms. Because, I mean, who doesn't like a little extra treat on a hot sunny day? I mean, true. I mean, I do. (laughs) I, give me all the treats. Can I just all have them? All the treats. You. Yes. We also got a bag of chicken salad seeds. And those you can either give them to your chickens just as they are, or you can sprout them for them, which is really awesome. And they're from one of our favorites, which is my pet chicken. And they're super awesome. We also got a Henny and Rue vanilla fly repellent, which I think we get one of these every single year. And I always talk about how I put them in my coop because I like them, especially for my smaller coops. So we got another one of those. Super exciting. 
Smells delicious. Oh, yeah. And did you know that those are available in packs of five at honeyandrue.com? Because you're supposed to replace no. those things every 10 days. And Ugh. we only get one a year, which means that I'm only replacing it every 365 days. <laughs> <laughs> so I should really just go on there and order, like, I don't know, four of those. That'd probably cover most of the year. That'd be okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah most of the heavy fly, stinky crap season. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We also got Flock Fixer by Strong Animals with Essential Oils. And this is a vitamin-rich additive that helps hydrate, restore vital nutrients, and helps support immunity in your chickens. You can get that at GetStrongAnimals.com. And we got a sample size bag of the Chicks Love This Feed. And it is egg to layer feed. It provides optimal, complete, natural feed to optimize your chicks from when they hatch to about seven to eight weeks. So that's what that's intended for. My chicks are a little too old, but I'm going to feed it to them anyways because it's just a small bag. So no big deal. Yeah. Just blend it right in with what you got. Yep. All right. And then we also got a fun pair of Honey and Rue logo sunglasses. Because, you know, it's really sunny outside, so why not have some fun sunglasses to wear while you're doing chores? Always appreciate those fun extra freebies in the box. And every box comes with a nesting box liner, which you can put in your nesting boxes, keep your eggs clean, keep your chickens comfy, and they compost, so that's awesome. And then while we're talking about the July box, let's talk about some August sneak peeks. So we were perusing the Honey and Rue social media right before we hit record today. And there are some super fun office supplies coming our way in the August box. Bev, do you want to reveal those to our listeners? Yeah. So there are some chicken themed greeting cards and chicken paper clips. What? I love both so much. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait also. And I'm going to be sure and actually send those cards to people because I have a bad habit of hoarding really cute cards. (laughs) And then I just have drawers of adorable cards, but I never express how awesome other people were by sending them out. And I'm going to start doing that. That's on my list. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And if you want to get in on the August box, you can do that by going to honeyandroot.com and selecting the subscription that fits your lifestyle. You can subscribe like for a month or a quarter or six months or for a full year, I believe. You can get those details at honeyandrue.com. And if this is your first time getting in on this fun with Honey and Rue, you can use code drink and farm at checkout to get 10% off your first box. All right, now it's time for our main episode. Yay! I'm very Woo-hoo. excited. Me too. I'm extra excited because, look, I am always down to discuss gardening. (laughs) Like, always. It's never a bad time for me to talk about gardens. Yes. (laughs) Variety is the spice of life here. That's why this isn't just a strictly gardening podcast or strictly goat or strictly chicken. Like, we cover it all, or at least all the things we're doing, which is probably a lot and too much sometimes. (laughs) Um, But... We said, hey, you know, it's the middle of the summer. We're both in the same zone. We're in the Midwest. Like a lot of people are probably really getting a lot out of their gardens at this point. So let's do a little garden update. 
Yeah, exactly. And if people don't remember, we are both in Gardening Zone 6. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a regional area. When we're talking about what we're doing, if yours does not compare, we might just be in different zones. So no big deal. Right. Comparison is not a fun game to play anyways. But mm-hmm. if you're just looking for examples of similar experiences for the fun of it, we got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So, Bev, tell me about your garden. What's happening in there? I see a lot of good previews on your Instagram, beautiful photos, lots of flowers. So what's going on? So the biggest thing that's happening in my garden right now are weeds. (laughs) Like the summer weeds just kill me every year. Every year I cannot manage to get ahead of them. But this year... I have created like a weed system Ah, of sorts. All right. (laughs) Tell me more. And it is working. Like it's working slowly. I think that by the end of the year, I will like have a really good routine down. And then maybe next year it'll be a little better. But I'm also making some changes to try to make it better for next year as well too. Because like the whole point every year is to make things easier on you and make things a little better and more productive. And if you're doing that, it's a successful year, I think. I think so, too. So my first suggestion for taking care of the summer weeds and keeping up with them is make 10 to 15 minutes of weeding part of your daily routine. And I do it twice, once with my AM chores and again with my PM chores. But I work from home, so I know not everybody has that kind Mm -hmm. of flexibility. But if you can do it once in the day, then you can kind of get on a good groove of removing them. And then you can also get them like early, which is even more helpful. But what I do to make this easy for myself is I keep a bucket and gardening gloves in the garden. So like these things get rained on, they get blown around all over the place, like they're a mess, but it doesn't matter because if I don't keep the bucket and the gloves out there, I won't do it (laughs) 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 because it's one more place I have to go to before I walk to the garden and I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. Let's face it. So like I've got to make it easy on myself. So that's the way that I do it to make it easy. You know, you want to try to get your weeds while they're small, but if you can't, then, you know, that's okay. But one of the things that I've started doing this year that I wasn't doing in past years is when I was finding sections of the garden where the weeds were just getting too big and I wasn't getting to them fast enough, I started taking the string trimmer out or the hedge trimmers and chopping them off below the flower heads before they opened so that I could break the weed cycle. Oh, smart. Yeah, so like I didn't actually get the weeding done, but I stopped the weeds from being able to reproduce even more, which helps break up their life cycle, which should mean less weeds down the road. (laughs) Yes, let's hope. Uh, One of the other things that I do is I do my big weedings like right after a rain because Mm. the ground is really soft. So usually I can just like drag a tarp out there or a feed bag that you've like, you know, cut open like that tip that we did in one of our straight no chasers. And then you can throw a ton of weeds just like on it and drag it to the compost pile because you can pull them out left and right when the ground is soft. When the ground is harder, it's a little tougher. But my tool of choice for tough ground when you're weeding is a hoary, hoary knife. Everyone, everyone needs one of these things. (laughs) That's what I've read and I do not have one yet. So I feel like I just need to go get one. 
Yes, you should go get one. And there will be a link in the show notes to one if you guys want to go check it out. It's really easy. And it, it has markers on the side of it for measurements. So I also use it when I'm like trenching for garlic because I know how deep I made my trench with the knife. I use it to plant things. I use it to dig holes, like small holes in raised beds. I use it for so many things. Like it has like a little holster thing. You could like holst it, you know, like to your <laughs> belt loops or whatever. I actually just leave one out in the garden. <laughs> so that's another thing that I leave out. I'm bad at putting things away. <laughs> oh, my garden looks the same way right now, though. <laughs> but it makes it easy to like access the tools that I need. So yeah. one of these days I'll get a garden shed out there so I can put things away because they'll last longer if I take good care of them. But if they're accessible, I'll use them. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> it's all about balance. <laughs> it is. And the last thing that I do to make my weeding a little easier is I make weeding one of the kids' consequences when they've broken the rules. (laughs) Oh, smart. (laughs) And I'm probably not supposed to do that because that probably doesn't make them love the farm anymore or anything. But like, I don't know, my oldest, he had broken some rules. And so he had to weed the paths for me. And oh my gosh, he did an amazing job. Like I I tell him over and over again, what an amazing job he did. And to keep that job a good job, I rolled out the really good weed cloth in that area so that he never has to weed that area again. <laughs> so like he, I think he felt some relief from that. <laughs> so uh-huh. it didn't hold too many grudges. But having some help with the weeding has made a huge difference. And I can't seem to bribe anyone to do it. So that's where I'm at. (laughs) I think there are like worse things you could punish your kids with other than weeding. So I think that one's a pretty safe one because nobody likes to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, and we don't always use weeding as a punishment. Like they're responsible for weeding like the beds where there are trees and stuff around the yard so they just do that as like part of their chores but the garden is like my thing that I'm really interested in so I don't make anybody help me in it sometimes they come out and volunteer to help but I usually don't make anybody help so weeding the garden paths is like the paths are easy because they all have weed cloths in them but sometimes the weeds grow on top of the weed cloth Mm-hmm. So it's not like a huge punishment, but he, he actually did like have to spend a lot of time the last time. So I felt a little guilty because it was way more work than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Builds character. I'm sure he got a lot of good thinking done. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> I know I was do too. So one of the other things that I'm working on over here in the garden is trying to use everything that we grow. I don't like being wasteful, but I also don't like pressuring myself to do things that I don't want to or like to do. So I'm getting a little creative with trying to do as much as I can without overwhelming myself. So I've been meal planning ahead of time and picking the vegetables that we need for that night's dinner in the morning as part of my morning routine. That's helped us use a lot more of the garden because like sometimes, and I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but it'll be like 7 30 and I'm outside working on stuff and I'm like oh I forgot to decide what we're having for dinner what are we doing for dinner and then I'm like wandering around the garden looking for what I can put into our dinner and then it's like (laughs) nine o'clock by the time we actually eat (laughs) yeah that'll do it so if I decide what we're eating for dinner early and I go out and I pick the vegetables as part of the morning routine which is a better time to pick vegetables anyways like they aren't all wilted from the sun or anything because they haven't been hanging out on the hot vines all day then I can cook dinner a little earlier and I can utilize more things because the other thing that happens is when you have that realization sometimes like eight o'clock you're like forget it I'm just making a frozen pizza (laughs) 
And there's nothing wrong with that either. There's not. But once you've done it like four days in a row, you're like, all right, fine. I need to start using some things in my garden. So what can I do to do this? <laughs> or you need to start buying a variety of frozen options. <laughs> right. Frozen <laughs> options that I can throw fresh vegetables on. Yes. And we've done that before. Like we've bought just cheese pizzas and then we cook them and then throw <gasps> vegetables from our garden on them. Oh, like, that's cool. That totally takes the guilt out of that. Then you get to do both. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The way that I am preserving some stuff is I'm dehydrating a few things in our dehydrator. I've been freezing a handful of things. I've gotten green beans frozen, strawberries frozen. Most of the dehydrating has been like flowers and herbs and things like that. Like the garden really isn't like totally rocking yet. I'm getting a lot of stuff out of it, but it's stuff that I'm like using right away, like carrots and new potatoes and things like that. So I haven't done a ton of saving yet, but I can feel it like it's coming. We're on the cusp of it for sure. (laughs) I'm trying really hard to avoid canning, but there's something that I am definitely going to can this year that I'm looking forward to. Our peach trees produced a lot of peaches this year. Mm -hmm. So if I can beat the bugs to it, I'm going to can peach pie filling. Ooh, that'll be so good. Yeah, because I love peach pie. So that's on my canning list this year. (laughs) Nice. And then I'm also prepping the fall garden. It seems insane to talk about fall gardening in July. No. (laughs) But the truth is most of us do our fall gardens too late. So Mm -hmm. it's important to have this conversation now. In my brain, I had always thought like fall garden. So that's when I put it in. Right. But that is not correct. (laughs) Right. Harvest in the fall garden. Harvest in the fall, (laughs) plant it in the summer. So Mm -hmm. I'm making those plans right now. I've got my dates down. So I know what I'm going to put in. I'm also ripping out the spent plants so that there's room for the fall garden. Because that's kind of what you do. You cycle through things. Plants just don't last for forever. Most of the things that I'm ripping out are like the squash plants that have succumbed to the squash vine borers because those MFers are on my hit list. And I'm sowing the seeds for fall. And on my list for fall is arugula, all the lettuces, beets, more carrots, a second round of green beans. And in fact, the second round of green beans I'm doing a little differently this year. I'm going to put them in my three sisters bed because I've actually put a proper three sisters bed inside of the middle of our garden this year, which has made me super happy. And we've discussed this awesome indigenous method that dates back to like ancient times of gardening squash, corn, and beans together in episodes 52 and episode 63. So there are links to both of those episodes in the show notes. So if you don't know what I'm talking about with those, you can go check those episodes out. And in fact, this is the first year that I've had success with my three sisters bed. So I think I finally like got it figured out, which makes me happy. Basically what I did was I planted the vining green beans at the base of corn stalks. So the beans will climb the corn. Yeah, which has to look super cool. Yeah, it will when they sprout. They have not sprouted yet, but my cornfield also got flattened by the wind and I had to like stake <gasps> <saw> it. That. <laughs> so I don't know. They might not end up growing. So we'll see. But that's okay. I tried. So that counts for something. Yeah. And we'll also plant peas, radishes, chard, and kohlrabi again for the fall. And in fact, like those four things I actually find do better in the fall garden than they do in the spring garden. So I'm looking forward 
to those because I think I'll get a better harvest of those this year. And the last thing that I'm doing right now is fixing my past garden mistakes, like laying down the good weed cloth so that I don't have to punish my kids to weed the paths quite as often. (laughs) (laughs) And replacing the fence, we pulled all the wire down from the old electric fence that we had around it. So now it's just T-posts around it. So it's not really a fence. There's just T-post barriers. (laughs) And I need to mow down my big giant strawberry patch, which makes me super sad. But the weeds have just gotten too intense there. And I haven't been able to break that cycle because it's too big of a spot. Like my strawberry patch is like the size of a studio apartment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That would be so hard to control. Yeah, it is. And once it gets out of control, like I just like even if I spent a whole week doing nothing but weeding, I don't think I would get ahead of it. Because now there's like grass in it and like all sorts of stuff. So I'm going to mow it down. I'm going to mulch it in and put weed cloth down. And then I'll probably burn holes and plant strawberry plants in it that way. And then I'm also ripping out my raised bed with strawberries in it, which is making me super sad too. But I lost those to common leaf spot, which is an incurable strawberry fungus. So I kind of have to start over with strawberries next year, which is a super bummer because this year was the first year that I like froze like multiple bags of strawberries. So yeah. Yeah. But that's how gardening goes, right? Today's episode is sponsored in part by My Pet Chicken, your one-stop shop to feed all of your poultry addiction needs. My Pet Chicken offers a variety of poultry supplies from chicken coops to chicken diapers, as well as a wide variety of chicken, duck, and goose breeds. So go to MyPetChicken.com slash DrinkAndFarm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. That link lets them know that we sent you. It's a great way to support our podcast and to order what your poultry-loving heart desires. We only want the best for our flocks, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Grubbly Farms Grubblies, an all-natural snack that provides the nutrients and minerals needed for happier, healthier chickens. And now Grubbly Farms is offering flocks a choice on where their grub love is harvested with Grubbly's World Harvest. That's right. Grubbly's World Harvest is the same amazing Grubbly's product that we know and love that brings your flock to the yard, but harvested at FDA approved farms around the world. But don't worry, it's never China. Grubbly's World Harvest has all the calcium and protein that OG Grubbly's have, but at a lower price point, so you can enjoy happy hour with your hens more often, which is something we can all balk about. So give Grubbly's World Harvest a try today and head on over to grubblyfarms.com. You can use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order. So what are you working on? And I'm I'm really excited to hear about your garden because this is the first year that you've like really gotten into it, right? Mm-hmm. So like I want to know how it's making you feel. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of funny that you bring that up because I was thinking about it this morning when I was harvesting some of the royal burgundy beans that are coming in. Like they're starting to like, I pulled enough to like feed me and Matt today and that was the first one that like the first harvest of that where the beans could like be their own side and not be like thrown into a stir fry of other small harvested things so that was kind of excited and made me laugh because last year like I had one of those plants 
And that plant was so puny <laughs> compared to the shit ton that I have right now. Like those plants, I didn't realize how big bush beans could actually get. Mm-hmm. So next year, I'm just doing a whole raised bed of them <laughs> and not making them share a bed with anything else. So I feel like overall, just really grateful that knock on wood this year has gone really well for my first year, but I've definitely learning a lot. I will say that. And one of the things like when you were saying, I think you said something about like not utilizing the garden, you know, or you've worked into your routine the morning harvest so you could use the things and that there can be some guilt there if you don't use it or if you're making yourself like do something that you don't want to. So I've made a rule that if we don't like it, I'm ripping it out. And I definitely had some guilt about this. And I think it's because of like my clean your plate mentality that I have sometimes. But my <laughs> Matt, my husband, does not like bitter salad greens. And the salad mix that I planted from MI Gardener, most of the seeds that I picked <laughs> are really bitter. <laughs> like he calls anything bitter, he just automatically calls it like a dandelion, like no matter what it is. Oh my gosh. He and my dad would be best friends. My dad does not like arugula and he calls anything that's not like romaine. He calls it weeds. Yes. Yep. Basically. So, you know, and, and I'll eat it. It's not my favorite, but I'll eat it. But I can only eat so much salad like throughout the week for lunch. And I really prefer romaine and other lettuces. We got some really beautiful like red leaf lettuce and I think it's like Lola Rosa leaf or something. But it's like really pretty lettuce and it's less bitter. And then I got some endive too that I just harvested this morning. And that's pretty like a neutral taste too. It's flavorful, but it's not bitter. It doesn't like slap you in the face. <laughs> so what I did over this past weekend was I ripped it out of the raised garden beds because I have this habit that I'll talk about in a little bit of stopping by a greenhouse and buying more plants that I don't need. <laughs> so I ripped those out because it was taking up about like a eh, like two foot by two foot space in my garden bed, which is a decent amount. And I put pepper plants there that I bought this past weekend <laughs> that were already had like peppers on them and stuff. So it was just, that got me and they were on sale. So I did that. Another reason why I did that is because I have, what is the book called? It's right here. The first time gardener growing vegetables. It's by Roots and Refuge. Oh yeah. Roots and Refuge on Instagram. Like, it's so funny because when I first started following her, she had, like, maybe 15,000 followers. Now she's got, like, a crap ton and she has a book. So I kept seeing it. So I got a little FOMO and I ordered it. And it's been really helpful, but... We'll link to the book in the show notes. Yes. Yes. She has wonderful pictures in there. One of the pictures is uh, kitty pools. And <laughs> because we have ducks and geese, we go through kitty pools every single season. Because when we refresh the water every day... And when you flip the pools repeatedly, they get weak and sometimes they get leaks. So I had all these crap kiddie pools laying around and you can actually drill drainage holes in those and fill them with dirt and use them as kind of a raised garden bed. So I did that with, I believe like three pools and one of them has a rainbow Swiss shard in it. The other one has more like romaine type lettuce in it. And I planted those a couple weeks late compared to what's in the raised garden bed. 
And I planted a lot. <laughs> so those are almost like rocking and rolling to the point where I'll be able to rip out the other stuff in the other bed and plant full garden stuff there, but still continue to get the lettuce in mass. Because like I'm harvesting lettuce like twice a week and it lasts us over a week. That's awesome. So we have a lot, which is great because I love a summer salad. Mm-hmm. And then I have to talk about weeds too. Ugh. One of the things in that book that I just mentioned, she actually talks about weeding a little bit every morning. So that's something that I adopted early. And my garden is a happy place now. So I like I look forward to going in there after chores. And usually I'm not so rushed in the morning because I work from home too right now that I can do that and harvest at the same time. So I'm doing that little bit every day. And at least, like, the raised garden beds, those are, like, immaculate. They're beautiful. Some of the in-ground stuff, though, is getting a little out of control. <laughs> <laughs> so in my in-ground space, I what I ended up doing where all my pumpkins are, the majority of my corn, those kiddie pools. I also have some cucumbers out there and some gourds. What I ended up doing for the majority of this space is I took cardboard boxes and I broke them down. And because you have to space pumpkins and everything so far apart, even your cornrows, they're pretty far apart. What I did was I put those down and then we have an excess of either wasted hay because goats are super wasteful or soiled hay. And since goat manure isn't hot and doesn't need a compost, what I do is I throw a little bit of that on top of the cardboard to keep it from blowing away. <laughs> and this significantly kept the weeds under control. So because I'm doing this with just like a little wagon, very time consuming because this that space I want to say is like 90 feet by like 20 feet. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. So it's like the poor lady's version of weed barrier. <laughs> no, it's lasagna gardening <laughs> and you're feeding the yes. soil there too. Mm-hmm. So that's really awesome. That's exactly how we were keeping the weeds down in that area that's now my corn patch. That's what we were doing every year to keep it from becoming a weed patch (laughs) yeah but it's funny because the spaces that I didn't do that in there's like a small space because I ran out of cardboard oh yeah but now I have more so I'm gonna go through and cover it the weeds are just bananas there and I need that's why I need a hoary hoary knife because I'm not getting at the root every time with those Mm -hmm. and it rained for like a week straight here so it got super far behind yep on uh, trying to keep up with that But yeah, so the cardboard is slowly breaking down. The soil is just beautiful and moist. And anytime I lift up the cardboard, I see a ton of worms. So I know it's doing fun things for that soil. So it kind of decluttered my garage and house from my cardboard box problem. Oh, good. From my online shopping addiction. (laughs) And it gave wasted hay and straw a second life in the garden. The downside is that the bugs really love to hide in the hay. Mm -hmm. So that's really gross. And we have a lot of mosquitoes right now and they like to hide in there too. So I'm spraying myself with bug spray if I need to go out there and do a lot of things, which isn't my favorite either. Also want to give a brief shout out to my hops. Almost all of them have made it to the top horizontal line, which is probably about like 15 feet because they're so heavy. They like pulled the line down a little bit. (laughs) But they're starting to flower and get their cones. And it's definitely one of the coolest things in the garden. So no regrets there. And I too have encountered squash vine borers 
And they can suck it. It's my least favorite pest. Actually, okay, I take that back. The tomato hornworms are pretty terrible too this year. <laughs> but gosh, between the two of them, like I don't know how I harvest anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, I think, one of the first or maybe second pictures I sent you of like, what the hell is this? And I happened to capture it in the moth version, which you hadn't seen before. So I was like, if Beth hasn't seen this, like, what the heck kind of alien thing is this? But then I posted on Instagram and Elise, one of our wonderful drink sponsors, told me what it was. And that was really nice of her because I was able to pivot and treat for it right away. So they're a lot like squash bugs. In that they lay some eggs and they're annoying and they're gross, but they do it in a little bit of a different way. And if you're not super vigilant on scraping off the eggs, if you're not treating with anything, they're going to hatch and then they're going to turn into these like white little grubby things that bore into your vines and kill your plants and you'll get sad. (laughs) Sad plants. Yes. So BT spray for the win, which is Bacillus thuringiensis, I think is how you say it. And it's a soil dwelling bacterium that naturally produces a toxin that is fatal to certain herbivorous (laughs) I swear guys, I haven't drank that much. (laughs) Herbivorous? Insects that eat plants. Yes, there we go. And this toxin produced by the BT has been used in an insecticide spray since the 1920s and is commonly used in organic farming. So yay, because organic's cool. If we can go that route, that's awesome. If not, that's okay too. I'm not shaming anybody if they can't keep up with organic farming for a solution. So what I ended up doing was I got a concentrated version of it from Amazon and I mixed it up and I scored a two gallon sprayer from an estate auction. I actually got three of them for like 15 bucks. And it's the best 15 bucks I've spent in a long time because it is so much easier to use one of those pump sprayers than Mm -hmm. like a spray bottle, especially with how big the plants are now. And you really got to get in down at the vine level and spray because that's where they like to hide their eggs and they're super tiny and they don't lay them in big clusters and sometimes you're going to miss them. So BT spray seems like it's doing a pretty good job. But also I I do this, what I call a yellow bull trick. So squash vine borers love yellow. That's why they like to go after your flowers. They see the flowers and they're like, oh, I'm going to go over here and ruin somebody's life. Oh my gosh. I had not put those two things together. Yes. (laughs) So if you have a yellow bowl and fill it with water, I've caught, I think like four or five like this now, which isn't a ton, but it's enough to make me smile. So they'll swim into the bowl and drown. Instead of, you know, going and getting your plants. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have not jumped on the BT bandwagon yet. And I need to because the squash bugs and the squash vine borers end up taking over every year despite all of my egg scratching and bug picking. So it's time to find that. And I tried to find it the other day, actually. They didn't have it at TSC. So I'm gonna have to like go to a real garden store to get it, I think. (laughs) Yeah, my TSC ran out of it. Oh. So I got it from Amazon. (sighs) Just gonna have to order from Amazon, I guess. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So yeah, no, and you can actually use that on your tomato plants too. Oh, hey. Yes, and it'll take out the caterpillars. Ha. You still have to be a little vigilant with the BT spray though because it's very slow acting. It's not something that they just like 
kind of sniff and then fall over and die. <laughs> they have to ingest it. So sometimes it can take a little while for the desired effect to happen. Yeah. So you still got to kind of keep an eye on things. But definitely so far so good. <laughs> and my pumpkin vines are getting massive. So if, if it doesn't work, I'll let you guys know because I'll be crying. Oh, on yeah. My Instagram story. <laughs> Well, and just a reminder, too, for everybody, just because BT is an organic solution does not mean that you don't have to, like, read the instructions on the back and follow it to, like, the letter to what they say on it because it's the dose that makes the poison, not the item. So just because it's an organic gardening product does not mean that you can just willy-nilly, like, throw it everywhere and get it all over yourself and all of that stuff, like – it's still really important that you follow the direction. So just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> no, that's that's good because like the one that I got, you use four teaspoons per gallon and you have to use it all or get rid of it within 24 hours. And you also want to do it at evening time mm-hmm. when the pollinators go to bed because it can take out pollinators. So you don't want to spray the flowers And you don't want the pollinators to be out doing their thing when you spray it. Because when it's super fresh, like, that's probably not going to be great for them. So, yeah, what you said. Definitely read the the directions. Don't just make it rain with any kind of pesticide. (laughs) All right. So for fall garden, I'm kind of winging it since this is my first year and I'm still learning. But I'll probably plant like some lettuce or maybe some kale. My kale didn't do so hot. And I think it was because it was so hot. Yeah. Yeah. So I might try some of that. I have a few plants. They're just super slow. So we'll see if those catch up or if I want to try again. And I may just be sick of harvesting and preserving by the time falls around anyways, because I planted so many cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it in like succession, because I was like, hey, I'm actually really good at starting these in pots and then transplanting them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I did a lot of that. We'll see how I feel. I'm not putting too much pressure on Fall Garden, but I'll be thrilled if I just have lettuce through like October. Yeah, that'll be exciting. And then really quick, as I mentioned before, the greenhouse on the way to my TSC is now my favorite stop on the weekends. And I need to stop going in there (laughs) until I need like mums for the fall. Because I found out that after a certain point, when like their parking lot is empty, I was literally the only person in there. With the, like, five employees last weekend, their started plants are all, like, 99 cents instead of, like, $3.99, Oh, my gosh. And they, yeah. So I got more tomatoes because I didn't do enough. And then pepper plants. I got tomatillos. And then I got hanging baskets with strawberry plants in them. And they got me because there were red strawberries on them. Oh, my gosh. That's exciting. <laughs> so I'm a sucker for that. Unfortunately... Sometimes the strawberries were the exception. If you're buying started plants that already have fruit started on them, more than likely you're just going to have to take them off because when you put them into your container or the ground, you want them focusing on putting down their roots Mm -hmm. at your place. So for the cherry tomatoes, I didn't have to do that. But for the bigger varieties, I did take the tomatoes off that were growing. And then some of the peppers were just fine being left too. So you kind of got to gauge it. 
But don't don't do what I did and like buy fourteen plants and think like, wow, I'm gonna have red tomatoes in like a week. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, it's not. There there are just there's no like real true gardening short cuts no like i mean there are things you can do to make things go faster and more efficiently but truly like time and establishment and knowledge are the keys to becoming a good gardener yeah but now i know for next year if something doesn't go really well early on i can swing in there and see if they have something on sale that could replace a spot that maybe didn't do so well. So that's kind of nice to know that that option exists because they had quite a few varieties of tomatoes and peppers and they actually had strawberry plants for 99 cents too. And if I had the space to put in where I want to put strawberries next year, I totally would have bought them. But <laughs> I resisted. <laughs> and then things that will probably take up much, most of my time preserving. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you right now where it's like enough to harvest, to enjoy at a meal. It's not like an insane abundance yet, but it's coming. Mm -hmm. I know it. I can tell, especially the beans. Like an avalanche. Oh my God. Yes. Coming down the mountain. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I have a water bath canner that I bought because my kind of stove that I have, like canning on it isn't super great. So this is like a standalone deal, which is awesome because I can use it and then just pack it away at the end of the season. And I think it's like a ball canning one. I'll see if I can find it on Amazon. Maybe we'll link to it in the show notes so you guys can see what I'm talking about. But most of my time will be spent preserving tomatoes, sauces, hopefully salsa, since I have a variety of peppers and tomatillos and tomatoes now. Pickles, because all those cucumbers I talked about. I'll be... Probably mostly just freezing beans. I do have a pressure canner, but it's my pressure cooker. So I might try to do that, but we'll see how I'm feeling. But I'm also like team freezing this year because I don't, what I don't want to do with my first year of gardening is burn myself out to the point where I just hate it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take it easy on myself and see how things go. And then also with my herbs, I'm not going to really spoil it here because all of our August straight note chasers will be exploring the variety of uses and how we're storing our herbs. But I have a shit ton of herbs and I've been using them. Nice. (laughs) It's been amazing. (laughs) So we'll give you guys all those tips and tricks in August. So if you're not signed up for straight note chaser... Over on Patreon, you'll want to do that. Yeah, you can do that over at patreon.com slash drink and farm. So yeah, I think those are the highlights. Yeah. Also, fun fact too. Some people probably already know this, (laughs) but I just was so delighted seeing it actually happen. So the purple beans that I have when you cook them, they turn green. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, it feels like a magic trick. (laughs) And I... I bought those beans because I wanted my stepkids to think it was cool and actually like eat their vegetables. But now I'm like thinking, gosh, they just turn green when you cook them. It's like, unless they see that happen in real time, like they're not going to (laughs) know. You know what is purple that stays purple when you cook it, though, that they might really enjoy? What's that? They are, I think they're called purple aceta carrots. I got them from Baker Creek Seeds. I'll link to those in the show notes, too. I picked some the other day and made a pasta with them 
And I do a lot of my pastas, I do them one pot. So like I throw the like noodles in there and then I throw the liquid in there to like cook with all the vegetables and whatnot. And the purple carrots turned everything purple. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So like the pasta was purple. Everything was purple. I was really sad that I needed to add pesto to it because of course then it turned like a really (laughs) awful brown color. If it had had enough flavor, I would have just left it at that without the pesto because it just looked so cool. But even though it was brown, everybody still ate it because it was delicious. But (laughs) those carrots are super cool and they're delicious too. Like they taste good. Like not everything that's cool looking has the best flavor, but these carrots do. I have rainbow carrots that should be ready in a couple weeks. And I'm wondering if those will lose their color when I cook them. I guess to be determined. Yep, you'll find out. I don't think they do because you probably have the same ones that I have and they stayed their color if I'm remembering right. Yeah, I'm learning that carrots are really cool to grow, but I might not have the patience for them because (laughs) I pulled one just to see like how far along they were and it was so puny. It was a joke. So I'm like, I just need to like leave these until I think it's way too long. (laughs) Yeah, that's the trick with carrots. Also, I um, oh, they're called Pusa Acida carrots. That's what they're called. So there, I'll correct myself right now on those. For carrots, I feed them like crazy. Like I go in there and I fertilize those like once a week or once every other week because otherwise they just do not end up getting enough nutrients to like bulk up. But I'm hoping that as I add more compost to the garden and I continue to mulch and do all of that stuff, that eventually like the garden buds will be good and I won't have to fertilize quite like that. But heavy feeders, carrots seem to be heavy feeders for me over here. I don't know if that's Hmm. like normal for everybody, but otherwise I just get a little sticks. Yeah. Maybe I need to throw some rabbit poop in there. Mm -hmm. Maybe some rabbit compost tea. All right, so that's it for garden updates. Thanks for listening. This episode's going to end up being a longer one, but hopefully nobody's too mad about that. I mean... (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) So, Bev, now that we're stumbling into We Can't Even Corner, is there something you can't even about this week? Yes, I can't even that you have an entire shop full of adorable clothes and shirts and tank tops and didn't tell anybody about it. Ah, I know. I'm so funny. Like I sometimes I get I get an idea in my head and then I like go balls to the walls and do all the things. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Like, now I have to talk about it. And then maybe it's like an underlying imposter syndrome where I'm like, maybe this isn't good enough. So I'm just not, I'm going to forget that I even did it. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's probably totally what it is. So that's why I wanted to say something. Because you hadn't told people that you were selling adorable shirts and water bottles and things on your website. And you need to so that people will go and buy them because they're cute. (laughs) Yeah, go buy them, I guess. Katie, actually, one of our lovely I don't want to call her staff member because that feels like a disservice team member she's on our team team member one of our fabulous team members that I've talked about before and well we've talked about before she was my first customer and she bought my favorite thing (laughs) aside from my own logo (laughs) she bought one of the shirts and it was just so nice and then she did a really funny reel and tagged me in it so that was super cool of her it's just a good way to show like you know Egg supporting egg, mm-hmm. females supporting females. Like, I've bought two of her shirts too, which is adorable. She's got this one shirt that says, It's all a mess that my hair 
the bar in the house <laughs> and I was wearing it yesterday and Matt hadn't noticed it before and he just read it. And then I could tell he didn't want to comment to make me like feel bad that like actually everything here is a mess, including my hair. <laughs> but like the look on his face was like that it was just so me. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't know she was selling shirts either. See? We'll link to her shirt shop in the show notes as well. I'm adding to the show notes as we yes. as we record. It's an Etsy shop. So I think it's just linked through her Instagram. So it's not like a super obvious thing either. Okay. I don't know that she too has imposter syndrome, but I know she does a lot of stuff stuff like she does farmers market and like she's got all of her donkeys and she's got a podcast so like sometimes I think too it's just we got so much going on we forget to talk about it because we're just drowning in it Mm -hmm. (laughs) nope I feel you on that so what is your can't even so my can't even is mildly disturbing and this is the kind of can't even that inspired us to do can't evens I think so the article is from the indiatimes.com And the title is West Bengal. Baby goats born with eight legs and two hips dies within minutes after its birth. So that's like super sad that it dies. But the picture has gone viral. And if you click on the link, I'll warn you, it's a little disturbing. So if you don't want to see it, don't click the link because it's like right there. But it's this baby that was born with eight legs. And the mama goat had two babies. So one goat is like perfectly normal. And the second one came out with eight legs and two hips. Oh, my God. It looks like a tarantula goat. Yes. Yes. Because it's, it's like, mostly black and has, like, the white hooves. Yeah. It does look like a tarantula. And it looks like they had to pull it. Yeah. Unluckily, the goat... It, maybe it was lucky, actually, because this goat's quality of life probably wouldn't have been super good. It died a few minutes after its birth. So it is sad that it came out live and then died. But the mom goat and the other baby are doing really well. They're also pictured if you scroll down. But then the article, this is almost more disturbing to me than the goat with eight legs. So apparently this is not the first time something unusual has happened. Because back in April, a baby goat was born with a human-like face and was worshipped by the village. Because they thought it was one of their gods. Oh, it's super weird. Its eyes don't even look like goat eyes. Right? Like, it looks like a deformed human. Uh Uh-huh. With a penis nose. Yes. It looks like Jeff Bezos's rocket (laughs) that went into space today as we record. (laughs) But that's a a different rant for a different day. But yeah, this thing looks really human. But this baby goat survived for 10 minutes before passing away. And locals prayed to it before burying its body and believed it to be the reincarnation of their ancestors. So super interesting culturally Mm -hmm. and super interesting that like what even causes something to look like this like it looks hairless it looks alien but also human but it has four legs and ears like a goat like ugh, yeah it's weird so if you have the stomach for that sort of thing definitely click on the link and scroll through some of these pictures yeah go check it out it's crazy yeah what a time to be alive (laughs) all right so if you have any can't evens, you can share those with us in our Facebook group via Facebook Messenger. 
Instagram or send them via email to us at drinkandfarm@gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, be sure and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. We read them all here on the show. And when we read your review, you get entered into a drawing for an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So be sure and do that because we don't got a review to read this Mm -mm. week. So the reviews are light. The odds are in your favor. Yes. So as we mentioned before, there is a new series over on our Patreon called Straight No Chaser. This is available to patrons at the $5 level or above the $5 level. For more information, go to patreon.com slash drink and farm. This is a great way to support the podcast and get more content from us. And be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find the podcast. And make sure that if you're listening to this and you're like, this is great, my friends would love this, maybe take a screenshot, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag at Drink and Farm because we really appreciate you guys spreading the word. We will send you a promo code just for that episode that will give you a percentage off in our shop. And we want to make sure and take some time to give a huge thank you to Max and Katie. They are the Drink and Farm team. They help us make these episodes possible. So thank you both so much. We appreciate all of your hard work on this podcast. Yay! Yeah, they get to hear all of our mess ups and make us look and sound good. (laughs) So I can't be mad at that. And They put up with my dog sparking (laughs) relentlessly and probably have blown out some eardrums. (laughs) And they put up with when I'm running behind and cannot get stuff assigned out fast enough. Like they're the people who pick up all the pieces and keep us all together. And this show just wouldn't be nearly as cool or fun or awesome without a team behind it. So, yeah. Yeah. How the heck did we do this for so long without a team? Oh, gosh. I can't even imagine. (laughs) And I don't want to. (laughs) Don't leave. All right. So until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye now. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things.